average sized. Geeks! Geeks. Geeks! Hello and welcome back to episode 95 of Geeks, the We Are Geeks official uh, topical show, podcast thing. Fuck that up nicely. Uh, I'm your host, Al <laughs> White, and joining me for a UK special, we have returning Haruka Abe. Hello! And Lee Comley. Hello! Am I still pronouncing it correctly? You are. Well done. Excellent. Ten points to you. It's a thin line. Um, <laughs> Haruka, you are here because uh, you're a friend, you're in London, and... We're and? just promoting that this Friday we're about to start a new uh, episode of our, well, new chapter whoop, of our Weird Geeks Horror Channel. Whoop, whoop. You, me, and Christina Master are whoop, doing whoop. the uh, Romero's Living Dead. Whoop, whoop. Seven films. <laughs> Seven films. Jesus Christ. Technically, there's only six, but I've added another one because I'm going to argue that this other film is a, is a Living Dead film. Right. That's the argument I'm going to be making. I'm going to see if you two agree with me, but we'll get to that in week two. Okay. Because it's going to be the second film we tackle. Oh, we've got some club music now outside. Just setting the mood. Atmospheric. Oh. Hopefully those compressors are really get, catching that. Yeah. Uh, Lee. Hello. You have not been on for a long time. For a very long time because you don't like me enough. So no. That's you basically kept me away. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I understand. Um, <laughs> you're obviously our friend. You're in some of our projects that we do over at We Are Tesla. We've made uh-huh. a movie with you actually, which we'll be talking about on a future podcast because now we talk about those things. Exciting Ooh. stuff. But not yet. Uh, not yet. So right now. Say no things. Exactly. Say no things. Um, so, uh, when, when was the last time? It was a few months ago. We talked a lot about PUBG and Fortnite when those came yeah. out on the Xbox. And then a few, couple of weeks before that, we were sort of talking about uh, Super Mario Odyssey. So it was, yeah, end of last year, really. We yeah, that was a while stuff. ago. And our views on Fortnite and PUBG, uh, well, are, are no longer relevant, basically. It, yeah. The way we talked about it last we time. We talked about it in a controversially way at the time. Um, so these are two Battle Royale games, um, mm-hmm. Haruka, which are based around the principle of Battle Royale mm-hmm. in terms of uh, you're on an island, essentially, and the the kind of play area is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. 100 mm-hmm. people, you've got to kill each other, last person standing, just like Battle Royale. Right. And it's not randomized play areas like Battle Royale. It's just like it gets concentratedly smaller in a particular area of the island. So mm-hmm. it forces everyone into that place to kill each other. Right. And PUBG is like, well, last year was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. It was huge. 20 million copies sold within about nine months or something ridiculous like that. Um, was it 20 million copies sold or 20 million dollars? No, 20 million copies. I don't know. Stupid amounts. A lot of people playing it. 20 million something. Yeah. Um, now, there was this other game that came and basically, it, it was already out, this other game. It was like a, uh, it was like a tower defense sort of game in a weird way. You had to build things, craft things, and then fight things that would come and try and raid you. They then weren't doing very well, so they stole the idea and basically ripped it off completely with their own sort of spin, but okay. pretty much ripped it off. And we at the time had a controversial opinion playing both on the Xbox, not on PC, because PC has a superior version of PUBG. We had a controversial opinion that maybe Fortnite was slightly more fun. Um, well, that's the confusion I came to. You were a bit... I, I kept viewing Fortnite as just, in my head, I was just thinking this is just a knockoff of PUBG, mm-hmm. so immediately that coloured how I viewed it. But then, since then, it's 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 exploded. Now it? it's arguably bigger than PUBG. Like on the streams, it's getting like ridiculous hits. Well, it's I mean, you know, kids playing it on their iPhone, yeah. and um, you know, there's the stories of people who've never really played games before now playing Fortnite on their iPhone, which seems mad. And it's built so you can play on your iPhone, which is crazy. Yeah, I have heard of this Fortnite. You have heard there of you Fortnite. Go. Yeah, yeah, many times. But you haven't heard of PUBG. I've heard of PUBG. 
Do you think you've just heard of that through us though or from the world around you? As a non-gamer, have you heard that just through us, PUBG? Well, I've heard, yeah, PUBG, uh, I've heard it from you guys and I read some like articles about it a couple of times. Okay, okay. So they are both in the public conscious, do you think? Yeah, I think so. That's interesting because it's easy to get trapped in a bubble when you're a Mm -hmm. gamer and think everybody knows about this thing, but people don't. Well, this Fortnite thing, I only know it because... A lot of people are saying this project I'm in right now called Kiss Me First is a bit like Fortnite. Hmm. But I've no idea what Fortnite is about. So I don't know if that's I mean, accurate. So yeah, so just to clarify, uh, you're both actors as well as some other things that you're doing. But Haruka, uh-huh. you're in a show at the moment called Kiss Me First, which yeah. is on Channel 4. And abroad, it's on Netflix. Is yeah. that correct? And it's about gaming, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess there's like massively multiplayer online elements to it. Yeah. But I don't think Fortnite specifically. I don't think I so. See. But I've only seen the first episode. No, second right. episode went up last night. I'm going to check that out later today. Okay. Um, but yeah, Fortnite. I, yeah. I so you've heard of it in those yeah, sort of realms. Definitely. Okay. Okay. Um, how are you guys doing? Bit tired. 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 We had a late night last night <laughs> playing too much co op Far Cry. And <laughs> you guys were being like really mean to that lady corpse <laughs> so, okay yeah <laughs> we need to explain that i think so this week so last week we did like first impressions on far cry i was talking to the uh, bunch of our la friends uh justin and alex we we're talking about far cry and sea of thieves um and a way out and stuff like that i want to do a bit more chat about that because i've got new opinions on it a week later and lee you've now come and we spent like yeah, a whole sort of day and night playing a whole bunch of those games um and last week i had this great story on well great that's an incredible story uh, on the podcast about how I came across a crazy glitch in Far Cry 5 where I basically got trapped in this burning building um, that was at the end of a story mission. And if you want to hear it, go back to last week's. It was very, very funny. And it was completely just bizarre thing that happened. And I stupidly didn't film it. This week, we have another one because <laughs> we were playing it last night in co-op and we were playing it in co-op online and uh, we had the two TVs next to each other so you could actually see you know what's happening on each other's screen which definitely helps perfect way to play like couch co-op on live yeah um <laughs> and we cleared this outpost and i was like wounded on the floor bleeding out as the outpost at the moment the outpost cleared i died but what was weird is could it happen in that way i don't know how i sort of the outpost cleared and as soon as it cleared i miraculously came back to life and just stood up again whereas in your game i was dead on the floor and it didn't respond <laughs> again now we're playing and i don't notice this because i'm just looking at my screen and i'm back alive and i'm running around and suddenly lee is like crying with laughter out of nowhere your corpse just goes flying across the floor <laughs> and it was just the funniest thing and uh yeah I we feel p- so stupid for how funny it is we played it for about 15 20 minutes of, of your so corpse just funny. flying around it was absolutely hilarious. basically my corpse was just in a rag doll lying on the floor like legs everything like you could press jump and like just random bits of the body would try to jump but it couldn't you could climb ladders and you just feel like just limp ragdoll climbing a rad- ladder get into cars and drive them and you're just like lying on the seat like you've melted yeah <laughs> in the car <laughs> i would fire my gun forward and then you'd be able to see it like my flamethrower is just going up in the air like hitting someone in the fighting random people it's brilliant seeing how the game like dealt with the damage it's needed to do on your side compared to damage it's obviously doing some different damage on my side yeah was really interesting um and stupidly entertaining 
it's now ruined Far Cry for me forever because nothing will beat that. Not honestly, nothing will play, beat that. I kept thinking so. this is going to like get old pretty soon, but then it just kept no. tears streaming down both of us. Possibly faces. because it was like five in the morning. That <laughs> <It does. this laughs> happened, to be fair. But I'm actually, I actually recorded it this time. Mm. And what was beautiful about it being the two screens next to each other is you could pan from mine to then seeing what Lee's seeing on his screen back to my screen. Um, and I'm going to put them up on my Twitter account. It so. does need to go on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so I'll put them actually on the We Are Geeks show. It's at We Are Geeks show. So if you just go on weirdgeeks.com, then you can patch out to that through social media. And also mine, Mr. Al White, M-R Al White. I'm going to have those up um, so people can judge us for laughing at a woman. <laughs> and say so what are you laughing at? This is not hilarious at all. <laughs> silly. It was, it was quite disturbing because you guys sent us like a couple With of no videos. <laughs> With no context. With no context. And I could like hear you guys giggling. But like with this woman dead on the floor being like dragged around by this mysteri- mysterious force. Like, what the fuck? At four o'clock in the morning. Just when Lee's like running along and then you just suddenly see, I just like whiz by. <laughs> past in a ragdoll like flat on the floor, just off on my own little adventure. We're saying it's like Swiss Army Man, basically. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I want to play a whole game just like this. Absolutely. One guy and so his ragdoll friend. <laughs> but yeah, that was your first time playing Far Cry 5, Lee. It was yeah. yesterday and today. We've done mm. quite a few hours of it, actually. Yeah. You played a bit of 4, you said, but you jumped out of it. Yeah, and I played the original back in the day on the PC, okay. mainly because it was pretty. How are you finding 5? I'm really enjoying it. And I, um, I've listened to loads of gaming podcasts where they've talked about the story and how kind of jumbled up that message is and they couldn't really decide what to, you know, sort of where to take it. So that really coloured my initial impressions. But actually, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic fun. And it's really helped. I was playing it in co-op together, two screens side by side. Immediately that makes any co-op game brilliant. But the way that Far Cry handles co-op does it in such an intelligent, beautiful way where it's just jumping into someone's single player campaign, nothing changes. Yep. Um, And that's the perfect way to do it. And so we've had a lot of fun. You obviously is a much higher level person with lots of weapons and stuff and you show me all the cool stuff. And uh, Yeah, I wish they made it easier for me to give you some weapons though, because you came in and you had just two weapons and only two weapon slots. And I was like, all right, you can play with all my toys. But you couldn't access them in the shop, obviously. Nope. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll get them out and I'll give them to you. But then I couldn't give them to you. So I'd have to get them out and then go and find someone, kill them, make sure they had the same <laughs> weapon type to then swap their gun with mine so mine would fall on the floor so then you could pick it up. <laughs> Which is crazy because I can walk up to you or, or vice versa and, and give you ammo. Yeah. But then you can't give other stuff. So it, it seems like such a simple thing to seems weird. pick something and drop it. But, but we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, it's crazy fun. Um, and an extension to how I feel like a week later is like... I. I basically feel the same way about the game. Like, I cannot stop playing it. I wake up and I want to play it. I go to sleep and I want to play it. Like, I, can, I, I just want to drain through every mission I can find in that game. Mm. Um, and I'm right getting there. I, like, I could complete the story anytime I want to now. But I just want to sort of drain out most of the side missions and stuff. And yeah. do every outpost. And, um, but, yeah, like, the story still is very much at odds with itself, no matter the actual gameplay. Uh, but very much odds with both. Um, contradicts the, itself a lot. The, well, the issue I had with the story is when it was initially sold through those initial trailers was we are taking Far Cry down a very serious route and mm-hmm. we have a political message we're going to say. And then you go in expecting that. Mm-hmm. And actually it's juxtaposed with all this kind of crazy gunplay. Well, that's the problem. Like the story cutscenes are really serious. And you go back to them like we just did one. and you're Some like, of them are fantastically acted and really well yeah. done. Really well written. Really poignant. Some yeah. interesting characters. But then they mm. don't do enough of those characters. And those characters mm. are contradicting the other characters. Yeah. And yeah, no matter contradicting the entire way they, ex- they want you to play the game, which is be stupid with guns and bears yeah. and fire and the haunted houses and 
yeah, getting cows to have sex with other cows and stealing their testicles and like yeah. just <laughs> weird. And then like as they're having sex, like uh, oh fuck, what is it? Sexual healing, I think, is a song that starts playing oh, as goodness. you watch these cows no. like have sex. Wow. Um, and and then you have to murder them and steal the testicles. Steal the like, testicles. Wow. Uh, but it's so much fun and the problem is I think it's getting to that yeah we're talking about that Grand Theft Auto 4 place where it's like you want us to have lots of fun and do whatever we want mm. but you also want to tell us a serious story and you can't do that it's very difficult to balance that right um, and I feel Far Cry is in a precarious situation now where it's like you need to decide which route you're going down with the next one I feel And ha- but the thing is how do you take it down a serious route when you've got an open world that's got all those various systems I don't where think they can crazy stuff that's happens. what I mean I think they have to just go fun like, hey, yeah. I have to go more goofy. Less cutscenes, probably, you know? Yeah. Um, and more just, here's your setup. Go and do what you want to do hmm. with it. Um, I would still play the serious one, but the serious one was more like Far Cry 2 was serious, 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 very serious. And right. it worked with the mechanics in the game. But it's hard to take those away now, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're having fun with them. Like, now that I've got a big brown bear that follows me around and you cuddle what was the was it the cougar peaches or something Cougar's called peaches yeah, yeah. that's my personal it's favorite. very sweet um yeah so i still there's still stuff that mechanics that took away that pissed me off there's still mechanics they put in that i think it's better like the plane for sure is it's great to have different planes yeah um the uh, sort of battle royale style of falling from the sky stuff they've attuned it's better mm. um but the melee stuff is still stripped out which pisses me off the animations of looting people is still stripped out which pisses me off like there's loads of little details that i don't understand why they got rid of them um because they were so good um but it's a very addictive game still you know yeah the moment to moment gameplay is just fantastic fun and the gunplay feels really yeah really fun to do and um you, you said earlier on while we were playing that you were getting stressed out because as you drive down the road, you're seeing loads of new things you mm-hmm. need to go and complete. So many, so, so many things. Once I noticed dense. it, like, yeah, like, once I understood the rules, because it doesn't really teach you much. Once I understood the rules of, okay, these are where, who have the missions. I was like, wow, there's so many missions. There's also so many people who just attack you constantly. <laughs> yes. Constant, yeah. Until you clear out an area properly. Um, but yeah, really love it. I really love playing it. Co-op, highly recommend to people to uh, either do that online or if you can, couch co-op is obviously fun so much fun um and sorry to bore you for a little bit longer Haruka. it's okay that was very interesting was it <laughs> good <Did> we convince <laughs> you mm-hmm. this is haruka's acting skills coming to the fore yep mm, interesting so interesting mm. you're not actually here we just took sound bites of you saying <laughs> that. um we also yeah you had your first proper experience with sea of thieves yeah so you did a little bit by yourself which which was hilarious. I, I was I was awful at it, but only you know afterwards you told me I had a really quite a bad experience. You had a with terrible. First, I wanted to be there to guide you through it, but I was like prepping for a different podcast, and I was yeah. like, all right, just play for a bit by yourself for an hour or so, figure it out. I was like, oh my god, you had a terrible storm straight away. Your boat sank on your first voyage. Then your second boat did it nearly sink or it did sink? Um, I think no, the second boat did sink, and then I finally got that first chest, and it was a chest that made me drunk. Yeah, you got like a grog chest. Genuinely playing, feeling quite ill. Yeah. Like I was doing something bad in VR that was messing with my head. It was just really not pleasant. And then I got, you know, obviously got the coinage for it. You got loads. You got got loads of coins. And I've been playing the game for a long time now and I haven't got any of those special quests. There's one that's like the the chest of sorrow, whatever it's called, where it's just crying and filling (laughs) up your boat. Yeah, and this one you hold it and you're drunk. And you yep. got loads, so much, so much money. And then when we went and got the other chest, I tried to warn you, you won't get as much. And you were like, what? I got 96 gold for that? Or 120? <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> what is the point? But um, the, I, um, like launching into it, there were so many 
different little systems that are actually quite simplistic, but very little is explained to you. Mm-hmm. So if you were playing on your own, if, if I'd come to this game independently and just did it on my own, I, I would have got probably no enjoyment from it whatsoever, personally, because you have to have someone there explaining things to you or go and watch a YouTube video how the different systems work. But because we were sat there playing at Couch Co-op when you'd finished doing your podcast and we sat and had a good game of it, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful game to sit and play with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, it's very relaxing because you can still talk to each other. You can yeah. still eat. You can still like. It's not like Far Cry where it's intense the whole time, pretty much. Like it is very yeah. much a chilled game until you suddenly have these spikes of intensity yeah. where crazy stuff can happen. But we had a weird experience. We did a lot of in a little sloop by ourselves, um, and that was very peaceful. I don't think we saw anyone. And you for had a long the really time. fantastically intelligent idea of going on a galleon, just two people, which is is incredibly <laughs> stressful. You just said it's not a stressful game. It's incredibly stressful. <laughs> Al, I can't see where I'm going. And you're like busy dancing around on the front of the ship, not, not giving me instructions. <laughs> where am I going? And then the problem was because like, yeah, so we did do a galleon. We did a full crew, but we would only have one person join us at a time for some reason. We didn't get two at the same time at any point. And we'd not got a, a mic set up, had we? No. To talk to people. So they were sending us sort of messages through the game, like contextual messages you can do, <laughs> um, which didn't go that well. But everyone is very friendly. Yes. Like people want to help out and be a part of you pirate crew and you know help them with the skellies and getting their chests up although our guy kept grabbing all of our loops very quickly but fair yeah enough. we all get the loot so um and then we had uh, so we actually had a fantastic experience with it at one point yeah uh, i mean you got to see your first kraken which was cool yeah got to be in a big storm you got to try all of the missions other than we didn't do any of the trade federation so you didn't do the chickens and the pigs that you can take to yeah you said they're not particularly I like them, but I just find ones. them stressful because most right. of them are timed. Or the yeah. ones I've done have been timed. Um, but yeah, we had an interesting one where we collected a skull and three chests. three chests. I think we originally had four chests, but then we'd got to this island where we were getting hammered by skeletons because we weren't actually seeing... They were on like cannibals. We weren't seeing many real players in the game. No. We saw a couple late and then they just sailed by us. They didn't... I think they were us. equally as terrified. Yeah, which is so quite rare. Alone. Normally yeah. they come and chase after you. Yeah. Um, I've definitely, you're more of a target when you come across someone and you're in a sloop because they know they can fuck with you. But when you're in a galleon, they're like, oh, we don't know how well burst you are. Um, but yeah, so we were on, near this island. We were getting hammered by skeletons on cannonballs on either side of the island and we started to sink and we were going down and we're like fuck we're gonna lose everything and we'd spent hours and we'd done this crazy sort of route around which made no sense because we kept we got lost in the storm and stuff yeah um so we had all these chests and our friend was being really nice like all the chests when your ship sinks so we call your chests for a little bit float mm-hmm. to the top so you can go and grab your loot right take it to an island uh-huh. now mermen turn up Ooh. And you can go on a merman to like go back to go somewhere. on them. Well, like you grab them <laughs> you and then ride they, them. They basically warp you to somewhere right. where. But I like to. But think we can yes. imagine. We can imagine. <laughs> You're right. riding. You ride them. <laughs> Hold on to their beard. Hold on to their nipples or their tail. Whatever you like. Wow. Um, depends on the merman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Moving on. But they warp you back to wherever your new ship has spawned on a different island somewhere. Mm-hmm. Nor, uh, not even at an outpost. Always on different islands. But you can't take chests and skulls with you. So what the whole point is you have to like get all the chest stuff, put it on a little desert island, leave someone with it, right. and then one of you goes on a merman to go back to a ship and then bring your ship around to collect everything to then take it to an outpost to sell it. Right. All the time hoping that nothing bad is going to happen to anybody at any point because other players are there and they can just come and steal your chest, right. steal your boat, whatever. 
So we thought, all right, let's do this because I've never actually bothered to do it. I normally just leave my loot, but we had a lot of loot. Well, we thought we had a lot of loot. We thought we had. Well, no, we had a lot of physical loot. F- physical quite, loot quite in terms lot. of work. A bunch we of chairs sure. and a skull. Yeah. And so but I was your like, merman took you the opposite side well, this is the of thing. the bloody map. Yeah, so I went a merman thought normally they take you pretty close. He took me literally almost the opposite side of the map. And it's a pretty big map. And you're there with our new friend who's just sort of contextually... He's hung out for quite a while before he eventually logged off because he thought, what the fuck are these guys doing? Because he exactly. can't obviously hear me and doesn't know what I'm doing. No. So as far as he's aware, I've left and you're just hanging out on an island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gone crazy. Yeah. So you're sitting there with these chests and the skull and some weird stranger who keeps playing songs at you and trying to fetch <laughs> you. And, <laughs> and just wants to be friends. I'm telling you, luckily, because you're with screen by screen, so you mm. can see it. You can see I'm on a boat <laughs> and I'm the other side of the map trying to get you as fast as I can. And it takes forever. It's like 20 minutes. It was quite impressive, though. Like, you managed to man a galleon completely independently. Thank you. Thank you. Because that's not that's that's no mean feat. It's it? not easy. No, no. It's not easy. I made it look easy, but it's not easy. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things. I think if you just it just depends. Like if you're cautious, then it's all fine. You know, if you're really yeah. looking ahead and going, well, I need to steer around that rather than threading an needle on something, or you know, um, it's not that hard. But it took like nearly twenty minutes in real time. Yeah. To get back yep. to near you, the whole time we're going, this is crazy. So about ten minutes into it. We decide, you know what? Because the guy signs off. You're on your own on the island. Our worry was if you came on the merman, he wouldn't stay on the island. And then what we thought that was going to happen is we'd lose it. everything. Yeah. Because it's a big world and normally games load things in as you get there. So we're like, if we leave all this stuff on an island and then you come to spawn to my ship mm-hmm. as well on the other side of the map, all of the stuff is just going to like spawn out of the world. Like it's not going to stay there forever. There's no way. So that's what, exactly what we're expecting. But we're like, well, let's test this theory out. Just be 100% sure. We know this is what's going to happen. Mm. He left. You're like, all right, I'm going to spawn out to the ship with me. Um, or you're going to spawn the ship for me. And you came on board. And which really there wasn't much point to do because you could wait. It, it took just, you still were heading back to where you were. Well, yeah, but whatever. Meanwhile, I found a nice little goblet in the sand that I was very pleased with and put on our bed. Um, and it took us like another 10 minutes to get to the island. And I kept saying... If Sea of Thieves has actually managed to program it so that all of our stuff is still sitting there on the beach, then I'm so impressed. I'm going to give it a huge credit. And we get back there and we can see on the beach there's nothing there. And we use a telescope and we can see there's nothing there. Like, oh, well, let's go and check. And maybe we're looking at the wrong bit of beach. Yeah. So we get onto the island, run around. It's all sitting there. Yep. All of our chests are just hanging out there. The skull is hanging out there. Aww. And you're like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. Yep. So you could literally just leave stuff for different islands people could die and then we could just find other people's stuff and that does make it a little bit more exciting to me to check out a random island if you're on a busy server because other yeah. people could have left stuff there mm-hmm. you know that they didn't get a chance to come back for or whatever and you could just grab it and go i've been intrigued to know how long stuff hangs around and how that operates yeah but it's nice to know that if we did that again that we could both walk back to the ship yeah and just and just know, come back and pick up the stuff pick up the stuff um so yeah it's cool and we didn't even get killed on the way back so we did manage to trade it all in unfortunately my mug was worth like 40 gold or something. It was a waste of an hour, I think. <laughs> I think like, your bits oh. were worth, I don't know, we got a few hundred. That's it. Woohoo! <laughs> Would you play again, though? That's the question. If we could sit down and play couch co op in the way that we did. Would you play online co op at all? Um, yeah, yeah. I think if I'd got a group of people that I played with regularly that I could, you know, have a proper headset set up, mm-hmm. I would. But I don't really have a group of friends who um, play, play online. 
play online gaming. So right. it's not something I would I would definitely buy. But um, yeah, if it was something I'd got a group of people to play with, then then yeah, because it's as you said, it's kind of nice just to be able to hang out and kind of talk through stuff. The atmosphere is amazing. You were really nice because you were noticing the stuff that I like about it, like the, the creeps sea. of the sails, the beautiful sea, but oh, like, like the beautiful. sound design as well of stuff, you know. Yeah. Which you kept going, oh, that sounds really nice. And so most people haven't been t- talking about that. And that for me is it. Like they're smart enough to have music not there most of the time. And you just have this very atmospheric world that I love. I just love the moment to moment stuff when you're on the ship and you're all working together, like someone's manning the map, someone's steering, someone's doing the sails. And it's just the really simple elements of working together yep. in that really simple way that you don't get in other games. Yeah. Um, and there's something really special about that. And I think it's entirely dependent on the people you're playing with. Yeah, so far I've had really good, really good experiences. It brought out the best in people so far. It's it's the nicest, most pleasant online game I've played so far. Mm. Um, Yeah, I've, which is odd because it's about pirates. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's weird about it is I haven't touched it really since last week. I had a couple of times we have a little group chat with some people who are playing it. So when they're on, they're like, "Is anyone playing?" And I just didn't get a chance to. Um, But I've been playing Far Cry like crazy all week. But as soon as you were here and you sat down and were like, all right, we know we're going to try these games and some other games. What should we start with? You said, let's start with Sea of Thieves. And in my head, I was like, yes. Like that was the game I wanted to play. Yeah. And it was partly because if, like you say, if there's someone around and I can play it with, even though the game does not have enough content at all, not enough things to explore, but having someone to play with, it's just a delight because everything that is there works so, so well and feels so good. Um, I don't know how long I would do that for because at some point, it's going to run out of the charm. We played, what, two, three hours last night? Last night we did, and then a bit more earlier in the day. Yeah, and it, it, it already started to feel quite repetitive in terms of locations and stuff you do on each island. Well, you had a weird... I haven't had to return to a single island yet in all my hours of play. Yeah. And you had to return to two of them within the same day of play, which was weird. But I think even regardless of what an island looks like, the stuff you then do, it's yeah. the same skeletons. It's no, the same. exactly. So... Yeah, it's not, it's not like uh, something in Far Cry where everything feels placed and everything feels like it's got purpose. This mm-hmm. is just literally an empty shell in yes. a way. No, it is completely. It is. There's 50% of this game that's missing. That's how it feels. This should be early access. Yeah, I agree. And I think if they'd come out and said, look, we're building this game, we're not quite sure where it's going to be, but here's kind of a bare bones. Let's, let's build the rest of this together. Let's mm-hmm. decide what Sea of Thieves will be in the future. Mm. I think people might have approached it in a different way. Um, I just hope there is enough support in the coming year from players that Rare builds on it. And Do you think they're going to No Man's Sky? Do you think that's like... Because No Man's Sky is so hyped. Yeah. More hyped than this, but you know, in a similar way. An exclusive to PlayStation came out really disappointed because it underperformed. But they yeah. actually promised stuff that wasn't there. Whereas yeah. this hasn't... They were very careful not to promise too no. much with Sea of Thieves. Um, but now No Man's Sky has had a lot of content added. Apparently it's brilliant now. Uh, much mm. closer to what it promised and it's coming to xbox in a couple of months now um so in a weird way xbox gets this fresh start with it that xbox gamers can get in day one and have maybe the game that they're but it's promised. Just, the problem with no one's sky it's got that bad reputation attached to it mm-hmm. hasn't it now and it's whether they can work through that yeah um and i think sea of thieves to me i i got it on game pass i got a free month on game pass so i can kind of play it for free for a month whereas if i paid 40 50 quid for it mm-hmm. I'd, mm, I'd feel a bit shortchanged. yeah I think. Well, I mean, I agree with you the early access thing, but I also agree with what we were saying yesterday, which is just finish your fucking game before you bring it out. Yeah. I like. I know that they're yeah. saying, I know we have friends um, 
who have been lucky enough to be on the alphas and the betas with them they know mm. some of the secrets that they're going to be bringing out and they said there's some cool stuff they're going to be rolling out uh, it's not going to be enough like it's not like there's yeah, so you sh- much you shouldn't release a game on promises no. should you promises and just of future bring, content just bring it out with everything finished please like look at yeah. Breath of the Wild like look at Fallout look at Skyrim look at these games and, mm. and even something like Far Cry 5 it's repetitive as hell the stuff you're doing is the same stuff but it's so enjoyable that it doesn't matter you know and there's so many different ways to do it because the gunplay is so good and the, the you know arrow play and the, like all the different ways yeah. you can approach something whereas with Sea of Thieves the problem is is that combat is very very basic and that's fine in a game where you have as much variety in it as something like Zelda. But in a game where there's not much else, it's like, well, you're not even letting me approach it in different ways because no. the gunplay and swordplay is so simple. Mm. Um, so it's kind of, yeah. And there's no leveling up. It's all about, mm-hmm. you know, costumes and things like that. So once you've kind of seen everything once... Mm-hmm. 70,000 for a masthead on your ship. It's like, fuck. Oh, when you're you going at like a hundred gold yeah, yeah. per... <laughs> You're spending an hour You're like, oh. doing that. And yeah. then you could sink and lose it all. Anyway. We yeah. enjoyed it. We had fun. We're, we'll, we probably won't talk about CSEs for a bit now, <clears throat> um, but we'll come back to it when there is more new content, I think. Um, I'd discuss. like to play it with you uh, kind of just over the interwebs rather than catch yeah. up and see how it works. Well, I'll throw you distance. into our group chat so then when yeah. people are playing, you can play with our little group of people. That'd be fun. Um, everyone plays a bit different, which is the fun thing about it, you know? Yeah. Like I said, people like Justin are overachiever on it and he's super good at it. So he's like <laughs> running around and wants everyone to be efficient and he gets kind of frustrated. He's like, no, pull the flat. No, no, pull the back, the back sail. You want to twist the sail? <laughs> no, it's all right, buddy. It's all right. Don't worry. I'm not angry. <laughs> he gets really frustrated when people can't play games. We, we, were, we were quite chilled about it, weren't we? So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I just yeah. want to, I just, I'm more interested in having a peaceful time with it. That's yeah. kind of what I enjoy. The competitive side to see if thieves does not interest no, me. No, no, no. So... Oh, actually, just a quick addition to those before we move on to movie stuff. Um, PUBG, we went back to, just because we talked about PUBG, like you said, a few months mm. ago, and things have changed quite a lot for the landscape of PUBG. Xbox yeah. uh, X is you know, it's performing pretty well on there, but it's obviously still nowhere near as good as PC. We don't have any of the new maps still. Um, but there are little additions that are there. We noticed today when we logged in, mm. you, know, you can now see the seating plan in the plane and when people are jumping out and, and things are running a bit smoother. Um we did our first co-op stuff together. I've played a lot of PUBG, but always solo. I've never played it in co-op. Yeah. Um, didn't go well for us. No, because we are rubbish at PUBG. <laughs> didn't quite really frankly. Well. Um, but, I, yeah, the problem was playing it directly after Fire Cry. Flah, flah. Yeah. It was like, just Janky. let it look as good as Far Cry. Well, it's not even the graphics. It's the gunplay mm-hmm. for me and the yeah. feel of... of just even movement and aiming down the sights. And all Double the tapping left Double trigger tap- to what look down the sights. What is that? Why? What is that about? <laughs> makes no sense. I agree. Oh. Anyway. Because we're playing Far Cry Arcade, which is where you can create your own levels and people have been doing fun stuff in that. I looked at it day one. We looked at it again today. There's some fun stuff in that. There's nothing mind-boggling yet. There's going to be cool stuff. I think sure. in a month or two, they'll recreate Hogwarts Castle and stuff in there. Yeah. You know, there'll be cool stuff. But right now yeah not that much but people are already trying to create the battle royale formula in there but there's not the battle royale system of the concentrated circles uh yeah. shrink so there's a kind of a petition online to try and get ubisoft to allow them to add that to far cry arcade they have to like they'd be crazy not to yeah because there's so much it's, it's such a huge deal right now and far cry 5 basically looks like a PUBG level but phenomenally beautiful yes yeah. So when you're playing it, you're just like, man, if PUBG looked like this and played like this, then 
would never stop. I would never stop playing it. It would be like, it would be everything I love about Far Cry and everything I love about PUBG rolled into one. Definitely. It'd be amazing. Yeah. So just do that. So Ubisoft, please. Do that. Please do it. Do and it if now. you're listening, go and sign the online petitions to get get their attention. Hey, Huruka. Hiya. You have a nice little nap? No, I was listening. <laughs> Shame like the listeners can't see, you know, our faces because yeah. I look really interested. Yeah, she's very, very <laughs> interested. Yeah. Yep. Um, we've been to see some horror films came out over the last week or so. Did we? We did. Do you remember? Yes. Very good. Uh, so there's an English film called Ghost Stories that I want to talk about. And we went to actually a uh, preview last week of A Quiet Place. We went actually the night that I finished the last podcast. I finished it and ran to meet you oh, to right. go and see it. So I didn't get to talk about it on that last week, sadly. But now it's out everywhere. So it's better time to talk about it. Mm. Um, again, for people, we don't do spoilers on this podcast. So we're not going to give away big plot elements. We'll obviously talk about some small details, but nothing that's yeah going to ruin a film for you. In our judgment, if you're upset with it. Sorry. <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> can't please everybody. Um, yeah, English and American horror, very different flavors mm. here. And I don't want to like, obviously there are, you know, many types of English horror, many types of American horror, but these two feel very much in different parts of the world. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Which one do you start with? Um, <laughs> you pick. Ghost stories. Start with ghost, ghost stories. stories. Okay. So Lee, you haven't seen either of these. No. So you can be the, the third voice in the room. You can ask us any questions. Um, for people who don't know. Ghost Stories is based... Well, it's actually been 18 years that they've been trying to get this made. It was a play originally. I think it's still... It's not. It's not still it's going. Not Have you checked on it? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, it was a play for a while, and then they finally got this movie made. The people who make it, uh, Andy Nyman and... and uh, what's the other guy called? Oh, let me look him up. Jeremy Dyson. Um, and they're very much in the UK... Uh, they're prevalent in a lot of UK stuff, from TV stuff to comedy stuff... Um, working with like uh, Leave Gentlemen, Armstrong and Miller. Right. Um, working with what else we got? Uh, yeah, Death at a Funeral, Peaky Blinders, Commuter. They've done acting for a lot of the stuff as well. But there's a lot of a lot of English drama, a lot of English comedy. Um, and they pulled together Martin Freeman. You got Paul Whitehouse from The Fast Show. You've got that kid from End of Fucking World, uh, Alex Lawther, I think is his name. He was also in Black Mirror. Yes. A very good episode of Black Mirror. Um, yeah, and they pulled them all together for this sort of anthology uh, type horror thing. Uh, they're big, like you can listen to them. Actually, they're on last week's IGN UK podcast and it was a great interview with them. They seem like lovely people, very passionate about old school horror um, and just elated to have made this film. Mm-hmm. Like very, very happy uh. to have made this film. Uh, it's had some great reviews on IMDb. It's only got 6.8 at the moment though. Um, so it's not that high particularly for a new film. Uh, it is their first feature film, like cinematic feature film mm-hmm. that they've put out. Right. Um, I was kind of looking forward to this. I don't like anthology horror at all. These are three stories, basically three ghost stories. It's about a uh, debunker of myth and supernatural things mm-hmm. um, who is then given, uh, I won't say how, but he's given three uh, unsolved cases mm-hmm. that he's basically told to go and check these out and try and debunk them. Mm. Um, and so and so the film is a very good... Um, it has a proper way. It's not just like, here are some short films. It is a genuine, like, the bookends of the film and the bits that work around the three stories are inherent to the three stories. Mm. Like, it's very much everything matters to each other, which is unusual for an anthology. And I do like that about it quite right. a lot. 
Um, but despite not liking anthology horror, I was kind of excited about this. I don't like English films very much. I don't like <laughs> anthology horror. But I'd heard so much buzz about this. And there were some good people involved with it that I was excited. Um, I was really disappointed. Mm, yeah, it was one of those films that, you know, you wanted to like it because you know the creators had you put a lot of passion and, you know, whatever into it. And it was charming, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean... In a very British way. In a very British way. Um, but yeah, I think the outcome wasn't really my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Did um, any of the three bits... Like, cause there's three very different stories. Did any of them actually... Were yours cyber spooky? Or? No. No? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay. It wasn't spooky at all. So there's no fear factor. Kind of those people who have said that they, this was really terrifying for them and then bits like really like shocked mm-hmm. them and bits played with their mind. The whole kind of marketing for this is to do with uh, your mind sees what it wants to see. Mm-hmm. So we're expecting lots of play with that with visuals. It isn't really. Not yeah. effectively anyway. I mean, they probably did it um, in the play, mm-hmm. I reckon, with That's lightings true. and stuff. But in the film, it was just like you said, you were saying it's all like... They're tricking you. Yeah. Like they literally would film something something else and then film something else and then kind of... I don't want to spoil elements of the film. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't done from a genuine way of you're looking at stuff and deciphering it in the wrong way. It was we filmed something and then that's what you saw but then we're telling you it's something else afterwards kind of thing. Um, and I don't even do it that much. No. Like I was really hoping they'd be stuffed with that. Yeah. So apparently the original play, um, it opened in Liverpool Playhouse which is like a regional venue. Good mm, venue right. but, you know, still regional. And then it went to Lyric Hammersmith, which is a much bigger established venue, but it's not West End. And right. then it went to um, Duke of York, which is West End. Okay. So it went so it really through. really grew. Yeah. So, you know. All of the marketing, I remember for the play as well, was very much focused on kind of infrared cameras of the audience jumping. Oh, yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? I do and just the responses. And I think there was loads of kind of visual trickery with the staging and mm-hmm. people appearing out of nowhere and freaking people out. Mm-hmm. Really? So, so really, yeah. me- really messing with people. Really messing with people, which you're not used to in the theatre. And no. maybe mm-hmm. some of those scares don't translate as well to uh, to screen, if indeed the stories are the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I haven't read the play. No. I didn't see it, so I'm not sure how close this is in any way. Um, it just... There's so much, and it's hard. I can't do it without spoilers. That's a problem. But for me, mm. there was so much wrong with this film, just even inherently, just from what the stories were. We're just like, okay, well, these are all just kind of rote vertical slices of different horror films, but without the build up. So I can't even have characters that are like, there's nothing particularly interesting in how they spin, spun on them or anything um, until you get to an ending, which won't spoil, obviously, in any way. But where there are some reveals, which, sure, yeah, it made it more interesting than it was, definitely. Mm. But it didn't work for me. They weren't earned in the right way for me. Um, they were a bad version of a twist for me where, well, yeah, we'll talk about it before, but I feel like the golden mm-hmm. rule with twist in cinema is a twist is something where you should have been able to see it coming and you missed it. So when you get to the end, it feels you're cheated, but you feel fulfilled by it because you can go back and like, you know, decipher everything. And a bad The twist, logic of the twist still works. Exactly. The whole film. Yeah. A bad twist is something where you could never have guessed it ever because then yeah. it just means they're tricking you. Um, this one there are elements throughout for sure that foreshadow the ending of the film um, but you couldn't put them together like if you stopped the film at some point you couldn't take those bits and then decipher what the ending of the film was going to mm-hmm. be I don't think 
Um, do you disagree with that? Yeah. And the thing is, not a very original, you Ending. know, thing either. So mm-hmm. it was a bit like it wasn't really worth the the payoff wasn't, you know, satisfying. Yeah. And you were saying you thought it looked like a TV movie as well for the most yeah, part. Yeah, it did. And it like, yeah. And there's some like they play around with the aspect ratio a bit at the beginning and stuff, mm. which didn't really pay off. Like I didn't understand why that was there. Um, yeah. I mean, they were like, when we were watching it in the cinema, they were like random people just like changing seats in the middle of the oh, Yeah, we had a very screen. weird screening. Yeah. <laughs> very was, strange. Very, that was stranger than the film. I thought that was more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like, honest. we were sitting there, there was a girl, like it was a pretty empty cinema when we saw it. Um, and we were sitting on an edge seat because we sat in the middle because it doesn't matter. But basically we thought there wasn't any allocated seating and apparently it was. So we went and sat on the edge. And then this girl came and sat down like next to me on the other side when there was a whole bunch of cinema. So it was like, well, why are you sitting there? And then after about two minutes, got up and just walked and sat in his seat in front of us again on the edge of the screen. Um, and then I looked down again partway through the movie and she just disappeared. And then there was... Part of the film. And then at one point... I was hoping. And then at one point in the film, this other woman who's like, or girl who's in front of her, got up and walked to go to the toilet. As soon as she got up and walked to go to the toilet, there was a guy who was sitting in front of her who then got up as soon, literally as soon as she got up, he then got up and then walked and sat in the seat next to where she had been sitting behind him as she went to the toilet. So then she came back and in my head, I'm like, A, did I imagine that? And B, is this a weird like chat up move? <laughs> is, he like, is this going to be creepy and she's going to come back from the toilet and be upset about it? But no, and then she got back from the toilet, sat down like everything's normal and then snuggled up to him. Had they fallen out, do you think? I don't know. I'd say the Rooker after that. And she's like, no, I saw exactly that. That's same really thing weird. Happened. I was hoping that it was part of the film, you know. I, you know <laughs> yeah. Cool if, like, They've got a plant like, in each screening. Yeah, exactly. Just to, yeah, freak you out. It's really, really, really weird. Um, but yeah, more enjoyable than the film. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really bad. I wanted to like it. I didn't. It's fine. It's I don't fine. think it's terrible. No, no, no. It's the sort of film that it'll be on, you know, uh, like iPlayer or something at Christmas time. And families could watch it. It's like a mm-hmm. family appropriate horror little anthology tale with faces people are going to know if you're from the UK. People you're going to be, oh, seeing him in that role or whatever will be interesting to people. But that's kind of it. I can't, I don't know. I know people are passionate about this. Mm-hmm. I can't understand how. Mm. But, but fair enough. It was a sweet film, but not a good horror film. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, there's an American film called A Quiet Place, which is doing very well right now. We're going to be getting to it in the box office later on. Um, this is the first feature film directed by, uh, what's his name? Jason, is it Jason Sudeikis? The guy who's... John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Sorry, yeah, not Sudeikis. That's what I'm talking about. John Krasinski. Is this his first film? I think, is it not the first one he's directed? I don't think it's the first film. I, not? I, may, I may be making that up. Yeah, I'm going to check it out right now. Should have done my research, but <laughs> couldn't be bothered. Uh, yeah, I don't it? really know him that well. He obviously plays Will, isn't it, from the American version of The Office? Is it Will? It's not Will. Not Will. I don't think it's Will. What's the name of the guy? It's I, the guy who Martin Freeman played, weirdly. Yeah, we are so well prepared. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's not massively known over here, is he? That's his, oh, he directed a film in 2016 called The Hollers, um, which is, um, yeah, that doesn't look very good. Yeah, that's a drama film. Yeah, so this isn't his first film, but it's definitely his first genre film. Yeah. Um, that he's directed. It, is, it has a great simple premise. It's him and Emily Blunt, which is his wife in real life, uh-huh. who are 
in the undetermined amount of time in the future. Don't think they say, do they? Mm, no, I can't remember. If uh, but basically, these creatures have sort of taken over the world and they operate purely by sound. They're hyper, hypersensitive, so everyone's have to be really, really quiet. Um, and you don't actually, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but you, they are basically the only people you see for the whole film. You're just following this family. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're living this mute life where they have to talk through sign language. They have to have systems in place. They have to like have sand on all the tracks. They're going to walk through forests and stuff that is sprinkled down to make sure they stay incredibly quiet the whole time. As soon as you make any noises, these creatures just seemingly come out of nowhere and take you, basically. Um, and it's a great, simple premise. Mm. And the film doesn't really do much more out of that. It's kind of a very simple mm-hmm. monster movie after that. Um, like, there's nothing, like, shockingly... There's no big twists. Mm. There's no kind of, like, crazy, crazy, yeah, turns in it. Um, and I kind of respect it for that. It's just like, mm-hmm. let's just do a really simple classic monster movie, mm-hmm. but with a cool setup and good acting yeah. and good direction yeah, and good effects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you do, you, you will see quite a lot of the creatures, which is sometimes unusual for these. Mm. Um, I really like this film a lot. I didn't love it quite as much as some people have. Um, I think just because for me, I needed one extra element for it to really be special, special, special. Right. Um, and it is kind of just, yeah, this is like a monster movie mm-hmm. done really well. Uh, but I love monster movies and mm-hmm. there aren't many of those. Um, I think he's really empathetic. I like his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about it yesterday. <laughs> I like his face. Oh, we were talking about yesterday. He's like just good looking enough to not be annoying. And he seems like, <laughs> he seems kind. Well, you see him in interviews and he's he's a guy that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm pleased you've done well. Mm. You're a nice person. Yeah. The same with Emily Blunt as well. So I guess that translates to his films. Yeah. His characters. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't convinced with Emily Blunt, to be honest, um, in this. But, right. I mean, I, uh, not as a person or anything, but just in her role. Right. I think the character for me, definitely the weakest bit for me in this film is Emily Blunt's character. Mm. Um, okay. Like, I felt that they don't really give her enough to do. And then when they do, I'm not that happy with how they do it. But I don't want to spoil mm. what that is. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I didn't love her as an actor in it either. But she was fine. It wasn't, like, bad or anything. It was just like, eh, I feel they could mm. have been more done with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but with him and the kids in it, I thought it was a great mm. great relationship and good tense moments. Yeah. I think I, I kind of loved it. Yeah, yeah. I think I thought it was a great horror film, monster film. Um, it was very um, as you'd expect. You know, it's a very quiet film. Mm-hmm. Um, so the downside is that you can hear every single you know, crunch of paper, you know, wrapper or people like chewing popcorn or whatever. You're saying don't see it at the cinema, basically. Well, I don't know though. I think it's probably better in the cinema because, you know, it's it's always better in the cinema. Of course. But maybe you have to be quite selective of, you know, what time you go and stuff. But (laughs) it was... You can't... It's so... Like our friend, um, Craig Caban, who's a Canadian critic, he put this thing up on Facebook, on Twitter about his experience going to see it. And he Mm -hmm. said, never in his life has he had such an incredible experience in the cinema because everyone had to shut up because Mm -hmm. it's such a quiet film. Everyone had to shut up and be really super, super, you know, quiet throughout the whole film. Mm -hmm. So for him, it created this magical experience. I replied underneath, our experience (laughs) was I sat down and then just for the film started a bunch of like kids I'm gonna say because they were probably 18 I don't know like sat down next to me and they all had brought in fast food so Ugh. like let's overwrite the smell thing because that's just a personal thing that really like pisses me off when someone's sitting down next to you with fast food eating it for our film it smells terrible yeah. but just the wrappers that they will come in mm-hmm. like all their burger wrappers Ugh. and chip wrappers and stuff so they're like unwrapping it all 
but I can't even I can't over exaggerate how little of a shit it was like they were trying <laughs> to make as much noise as they could they could yeah. not care less and the film starts and it's really quiet mm-hmm. and I was going to eat popcorn I like stop because I'm like okay I only want to eat popcorn when there's loud things going on because I don't want to disturb everybody's experience <laughs> kids couldn't give a fuck oh, like, they were just no. like rapper 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 stop and I'm like oh they're done yeah. rapper 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 <laughs> like, oh Jesus Christ I mean at least they didn't really talk too much no. at least, but so I guess if you're lucky and you have like a nice, quiet, respectful audience, then mm-hmm. you know the experience must be really amazing. Yeah, to share um, that experience with people would be yeah, great. Like yeah. a captive quiet. Audience. And then because there's a lot of, because it's such a tense film, everyone's so tense. Um, every time, like you know, there's a, a jump scare or whatever, people will jump and then giggle because great. they feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of felt a bit like a community in a way, which was cool. Yeah, and. Um, I thought the 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 girl, the main girl, was incredible. Um, who's playing a deaf girl, and she's she is actually deaf. Oh, is and she really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh. she was saying how you know incredible it is to have this kind of film for her community and yeah. you know for disabled actors because that's cool. you know she carried the film and yeah, I thought that's just amazing that the film's doing so well. Apparently a lot of people on set learnt sign language. Yeah. Specifically for her, so oh, they could okay. all converse in mm. that, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. She's called Millicent Simmons. Um, she was in Wonderstruck. I can't great. see anyone else. Mm. Yeah, so I thought she was great. I thought she was, no world was she Emily Blunt and uh, Thingy Bob's <laughs> daughter. Um, <laughs> like she just looks so wildly different from them, but she was really, really great in it. Like she was a good core to it. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, um, uh, we couldn't find a budget for ghost stories because you and I were coming out trying to guess it. Um, it's definitely low, uh, a few million probably. Right. This one, a quiet place is 17 million. So a lot of people have coming out saying, you know, like this is proving low budget horror is like, you know, bigger than like the big budget movies and like Hollywood need to pay attention and stop putting 200 million stuff. I agree in that Hollywood keep green lighting stuff that is stupid to green light where it costs hundreds of millions of dollars. Yep. Whereas low budget horror does almost always make its money back and makes mm. a much bigger return. It may not gross as much, but much bigger return. Um, but A Quiet Place is a very expensive horror movie. Mm. 17 million is a lot. Um, the most you'll normally get is something like A Nightmare on Elm Street remake, I think it was like 25 million. But most horror movies will be under 10 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be intriguing to know how much of that 17 million was paying for Emily Blunt. Well, if it's his wife and he's like written and directed it, do you think... Like surely she just did it for free, you know. <laughs> just, yeah, she thinks she hikes her price. Her husband yeah. isn't paying for it. The production company. And I think the, he executive mm. produced it. I mean, I know mm. there'll be other money, obviously, as well. But mm. he at least helped get that money together. So I'm sure one of the things would be, look, we'll both mm. do it for cheap. Um, but it's got Michael Bay as a producer on it, so right. Is. Lots of producers on this. <laughs> loads. Of right. Yeah, he is one of them. Yeah, there's loads of people on it. Two cinematographers though. Oh, oh no no sorry just a very long name oh. <laughs> <laughs> very long name I mean the lesson surely regardless of budget is if you've got a good script and a good core idea mm-hmm. and good actors then the film's going to work mm. I mean yeah you'd hope not necessarily <laughs> with a <the> return <laughs> no horror though you always get that return but the risk you know 17 million mm-hmm. it's a drop in the bucket compared to most films isn't it yeah know, yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. Of a return. yeah it's so. still in the low budget category like mm. 17 with how much it's been making 
Oh yeah, absolutely. But again, that'll well. be the horror genre. Like you get another film at 70 yeah. million. It doesn't matter how good it is. It won't make the return that a horror film will. No. Like you look at the biggest returns for the last 10 years, every single one on that list. And this isn't me just saying something. You can look at it. There's websites mm. for this. Mm-hmm. Not one film on that entire top 20 list of the biggest returns last 20 years, sorry, 10 years won't be horror. Every single one on there is horror. And most of them will be horror that you won't even have heard of. Like weird right. films that were huge in the cinema for a moment and then disappeared. But because they're so... Mm-hmm. Tiny budgets. Mm-hmm. Their return is, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, okay. So the return is fantastic. Uh, my only criticism I have with it really was uh, the score by Marco Beltrami, uh, who's a great composer. He's done many, many films, mm-hmm. some bad, some good. For me, it really worked in certain places, and mm-hmm. in other places, I just felt like you could do more. Mm-hmm. In a film which is all about sound, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was quite a traditional horror score a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and I wanted, I was just like, you could have been more experimental. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Getting someone like... Um, we yeah, getting someone like Johnny Greenwood or getting mm-hmm. someone like uh, what's his name Clint mm, like you know yeah, to Clint do something would have been amazing would have been cool to get someone a bit bolder yeah because sound was such an important part of it so yeah exactly. definitely for me like the dialogue was a bit because it, it had like very very little dialogue yeah but the what little dialogue they had was pretty bad yeah it wasn't amazing <laughs> but um, luckily like sign language helps cover up bad dialogue yeah. acting. <laughs> Like there's this one scene where the son and the father's having a conversation and the son's about what nine ten yeah and he asks the father about his sister um he she, he goes um you still love her right and the dad goes yes and he goes you have to tell her you have to tell her that you still love her yeah i was like what nine-year-old talks like that you know it's like what? and but, then later on we do actually get the line dad loves you <laughs> Um, anyway, it's a good film though. People should watch it. <laughs> Just rolling my eyes. Yeah. Um, very quickly then, before we move on, Haruka, you have yes. now seen, we talked about it last week, Isle of Dogs. Um, mm-hmm. You though weren't here. You have now seen it. Mm-hmm. You are Japanese. I am. <laughs> is there Apparently. anything... You told me a couple of things that just interested me that I just thought uh-huh. quickly would be interesting because now Isle of Dogs is coming out in the US this week. Ah, oh, right. Um, it came out... In the UK last week. Oh, in the UK last week. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's coming out in the US this week. Oh, right, right, okay. Um, what perspective, is there anything, obviously you're an individual, mm-hmm. but just speaking with the Japanese language part mm-hmm. of it, because some, one of the things I liked about it mm-hmm. is there's a lot of Japanese language. They right. don't subtitle most of it mm-hmm. um, for the English viewer, so I have no idea. So this is weird isolation, I feel, mm-hmm. with the dogs speaking English and not understanding. Right. Anything else? Um... Well, first of all, I really like the film, okay. but I wish I didn't understand the dial- like the human dialogues okay. because I felt like, you know, probably if you didn't understand what the humans were saying, um, you'd get to side with the dogs more um, because you're ba- basically being alienated by the humans. Um, and the dialogue didn't, add anything the japanese dialogue didn't add any new information or anything okay and quite badly performed right um in terms of like a lot of the voiceover actors um didn't speak japanese like a native person (laughs) like it was really hard to understand the dialogue and then i was like trying to focus you know trying to understand the dialogue so i was kind of missing out on the visual you know details a bit and stuff. right um so yeah i think it probably 
you it know, might be better if you don't speak Japanese, basically. Yeah, like they do that kind of stuff a lot in theatre where, you know, they try to alienate the audience so they have like dialogues in a foreign language. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably the same with Isle of Dogs where, you know, if you didn't understand all dialogue, maybe it was extra charming. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the things I was hoping. The reason why I wanted to bring it up is because you mm-hmm. said that to me and I was hoping that if you understood Japanese, there was a whole different layer of stuff that made things mm-hmm. more amusing or more charming. Right. But it seems, from your opinion at least, maybe mm-hmm. the opposite. Maybe it's yeah. maybe it's even better when you don't understand yeah, Japanese. I think so. I think it would have been a more enjoyable... I mean, it was enjoyable, but yeah. more magical experience if you didn't understand. Okay. Good to know. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. That is our report hmm. from Japan. <laughs> um... <laughs> So yeah, we said we're going to move in the second to cinema releases like we normally do and Blu-ray releases and game releases and then it's a box office. Um, but very quickly, I'm going to do the Mitro outros. This is the Mitro outro because people don't listen to the end of the podcast because once you hear, we start wrapping up. Everyone press stop. Do you press stop, Lee? No, I listen to the very end to the very I'm end. a good podcast listener. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't listen. You lie. Lies. Do you listen to podcasts at all, Haruka? Not much. There you go. If you would, if if you did, then what you would do is you would stop it before you get to the end of the podcast. Because right. you know at the end of the podcast, all you're going to get them is trying to like sell you on other stuff and tell you their social medias uh. and who cares about all that stuff. Um, I've sort of did it a bit early, accidentally. Mm-hmm. But yes, you can support us by going to weirdgeeks.com. We do this podcast every other week now. Um, but right now you're getting it every week because when we can do it every week, we will. But our promises every other week where we're going to be talking about all this topical stuff and our own projects we're going to be concentrating more on and we're going to talk about that a little bit in a second but every single friday you can also get our weird geeks horror channel that is where you can get uh, another chapter in our retrospective franchises we've done friday the 13th the nightmare on elm street invasion of the body snatchers texas chainsaw massacre child's play we just finished up on hellraiser which is finishing uh, this week and then we're about to start romero's living dead with harukabe Right and Christina Masterson um, we've also done Star Wars we've done Danny Boyle we've done a whole bunch of stuff so you can listen to all of that and we're going to have four different streams now four different uh, subscriptions so you can just subscribe to Weird Geeks and get everything Weird Geeks Horror Channel just get horror stuff Weird Geeks Movie Channel and get all the movie stuff or just Geeks to get this podcast right here uh, while you're on WeirdGeeks.com you can go out to our social medias you can go out to our Twitch and if you want to support us, because we do all this for free, and it does take a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money, actually, because uh, we have an editing service who very kindly does this for us, uh, you can hit the little black symbol circle thing that says we are Tessellate. They are a publisher. They're a production company out of London, LA, and Tokyo. And we make feature films. We make music. We're about to start making some games, um, short films, all kinds of stuff. Um, and that's how you're going to be able to support us. Just finished making our first feature film called Starfish. We're going to be talking about that, I think, next week. Um, we have some other feature films coming and we're going to talk about some of that stuff right now um, if we want to <laughs> not if you don't want, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure I'm actually going to talk a bit about uh, Ghostlight, my band um, and our second album but before I do that Lee and Hooker, do you have anything you want to share? do you have anything you want to either just pimp or talk about or be open about? oh my goodness Haruka, you first <laughs> um so I already mentioned this earlier, but um, there's this show um, that I have a small part in called Kiss Me First um, that just came out not last Monday, but the Monday before mm-hmm. on Channel 4 in England. And it's going to be released on Netflix in May, like all over the world. Oh, is it not out yet? Quite. Uh, not yet. Oh, okay. Um, so it's, I think the idea is it's going to, 
be dumped on Netflix once it's you know finishes airing in the UK, so people can binge watch it. Not dumped, lovingly placed. Yeah, that's lovingly a bad placed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm foreign. Okay, I don't you know understand these like delicate whatever um yeah so um it's it's a nice show um so you know if you get a chance i've only seen episode one it. uh it's one of your best friends i love it <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to say anything on the show isn't it without being sounding like you're being biased but i genuinely because we're always pretty honest about each other's work i feel um and i really really like it I cool do. that means a lot to me but yeah. it's about like it's about this like two girls who uh, meets in a massively multiplayer online game you did it well yes! done 10 yes. points morg. Um, morg and it's morg. written and created by the creator of skins brian elsley um so it, it's i think people are saying it kind of it's like a cross between black mirror skins and ready player one because it's set in the half of it is set in this like vr mm-hmm. world um so yeah it's it's a very interesting um you know different show it's very it feels very british which is a good thing. Yeah, it does feel pretty. I mean, it definitely, yeah. you can feel the skin stuff in there. There mm-hmm, is definitely, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a big fan of skins, but I liked how it was made. This is more my kind of like story. There are definitely Ready Player One like elements in there, but we were talking about it quite honestly because I was saying to you, like, I went to Ready Player One. Big spectacle, but the mm-hmm. story is, <laughs> it's doesn't even work like just on a basic <laughs> level. Um, with this, uh, obviously, there's not quite as much spectacle because mm-hmm. it doesn't have, you know, the budget Ready Player no. One. But I really like how it's shot and the story mm-hmm. is much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where it's going yet, which is I'm intrigued by. So I might end up hating it by the end. I don't know. You might. It's definitely going to be a very wild ride. Okay. Well, that's good. So, yeah. Because Ready Player One was a, just a spectacle fun ride and I, yeah, I like want something a bit food. more neat. This one definitely starts in a darker place and then it does oh, yeah. some surprising stuff. Which <laughs> oh, yeah. I like I like a lot. And the lead good. girl in it is really cool. Actually, I think she's They're great. both really good. Simona Brown and Tallulah Haddon mm-hmm. are both very, very talented actresses. Um, and they're so young and mm. good. It's mm. like, Dabbling. man. Mm. <laughs> I'm kidding. Lee. Um, <laughs> that's all you, you want to talk about? Yeah, now I else? think, yeah. Okay, okay. Nothing else you can reveal yet or nothing else you just want to cry about? Or? Um, this is a safe place. Safe place. Support Tippy. Team Tippy. <laughs> Hashtag Team Tippy. Hashtag Tippy's Team Tippy. my character and she's <laughs> the best. She's really annoying. Like, she's, yeah, she's, you know, she's, quite annoying but <laughs> she's not annoying she's just sassy in the first episode anyway yeah and you look a little bit like faith from mirror's edge which i like same haircut mm-hmm. um but i do love her so yeah if mm-hmm. you can like support tippy that'd be great all right wink, wink. lee anything you want to talk about no i don't Explain. really have any kind of major projects going on at the moment i'm okay. kind of in between things i'm kind of in that state of limbo that i think a lot of actors and creative people feel where you're loads of things in the air mm-hmm. and you're waiting for something to kind of land uh, which depending on what mood i'm in can be really exciting mm-hmm. or is a bit like come on guys i just want to do some work mm. yeah stop penciling me for things actually tell me you want me for something you know so we want to do that conversation life. we get into a big conversation no, we're not last night over no, God, about no. penciling actors <laughs> no but i think um i'm i'm just around that won't delve too deep into it i'm the sort of person that um as long as i'm being seen for things i don't mind not getting stuff Right. so much as long as I feel like I'm busy kind of being seen by casting directors or whatever and going up for projects I'm I'm fine with that it's when you know it's been three four weeks and your agent seems to have forgotten who you are mm-hmm. that's always a difficult thing yeah. but thankfully I'm in a point right now where I seem to be going up for some decent stuff and it's just 
waiting for that phone to ring. Not the healthy thing, though, if you're saying you can get like joy out of just the process of, it, of being involved in that Absolutely. world. Absolutely, like that's the mm. great. That's the great thing because everything else is very much out of everybody's control, really, but definitely an actor's control. That's the difficult thing: is the lack of control. And I think if you can make peace with that, then then all is well with the world. But mm-hmm. um, it's when you're not being seen for stuff, and um, at the moment, yeah, I'm being kept busy in that oh. regard. So that's nice. And we'll have you back when we can talk more about a project that we did together, um, which will be in. I yeah. don't know when, but yeah. Because <laughs> we can't talk about it yet, but yeah. No. <laughs> like you say, stuff in the air. Stuff, lots of things. Many balls in the air. Many balls in the air. You've done some cool VR stuff, actually, that some of our audience I did, actually. No, I, well, yeah, I should say that. I did um, last, was it last week or the week before? I did, um, there's a production company called Adrift Pictures um, who are experimenting with VR. And actually, it's not really VR. It's more 360 cinema i guess you know it's cinema in the round as right. they like to call it um where you kind of when you're in your headset you feel like you're in a bit of a dome and you've got things surrounding you but done well and i think they do it quite well is um the films can really work and um i did another horror film short film with them which was like 12 minutes long which was um, an exorcism and i got to play a priest who was doing the exorcism nice. wow um yeah so it's the third third one I've what done are them. you in the vr for that are you the exorcist diggy so I, I'm I'm the priest performing the exorcism. Yeah, but what would you be as a viewer? Are you just as watching a viewer, it, or are you? What the, the setup for it is? So this exorcism is happening, and then you've got this uh, paranormal investigative crew oh, gone in, okay. and you as the viewer, you are stood in front of the camera recording it. Oh. And they they've been quite ambitious with this in the way they're going to edit it. Um, I don't know quite how they're going to manage some of this stuff, but different things will happen on the screen and the camera right. to what you're seeing in front of you. Oh, that's cool. And it will play with your perception of what's happening around you. So you'll be forced to look around you and see what's happening in the room. Um, and what I like about this particular company is they're just, they're just experimenting with it mm-hmm. and seeing what it, what it can be and what, what can happen. And what um, platform is this? How do people do that? Stuff? So uh, there's a website called veer.tv, which has an app, which they have a lot of their stuff on and is um, a really popular app and uh, lots of people can see it. And there's a couple on PSVR. Okay. I'm not sure what the apps are called, but you can find all this stuff. And technically a lot of that there. stuff you can get on the PSVR if you want to. Yes, you, you can. You get to get them on USB sticks and then put them into your PS4 Absolutely. and then it can recognize them and um, do yeah. as much VR porn as you want to that way. I, I wouldn't. I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Is it terrifying? Giant, uh, oh giant my goodness, nude me. people really? everywhere. Scary. Oh. Um, but if um, if you have five minutes, go on, uh, go on, go on to Veer and search for "Pass the Parcel," which is one I did, um, which is me being a bit of a bit of a gangster, and it was a lot of fun. A- acting in the VR stuff is, is yeah. great fun. It's yeah. like theatre. Yeah. So yeah. have a watch. Have a watch. It's good nice. fun. Cool. Um, yeah, so I just want to say, because haven't, I haven't talked about it, I keep mentioning every now and then that I have another album coming out, and I don't know how many people from uh, my band's side of social media stuff listen to this podcast, but I'll promote it this week on the band stuff. Um, I don't like pushing it in their faces too much, because it can get annoying when you're into one side of someone's life, you know, and then you're trying to push another side of their life for the social media, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, for a long, long time, I was a musician before I got into um, directing stuff. Uh, directing was always wanted to do, but film um, was... Yeah, many reasons I couldn't for a while. Um, so I was in a band called Ghostlight, and we brought out our first album in 2012, I think it was, March 2012. I know we had some singles in 2011 and 2010. Um, and it's been a long time now. What's that? Five years? Maybe longer? Whatever. Six years, five years? 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Six years. 
Like we're in 2018 now. Math. Wow. Math. <laughs> had to count with my fingers. <laughs> um, yeah, so we brought out an album there. We had songs like Six Years Later and uh, Morning Lights. God, I can't remember the names now. Um, which is <laughs> it's very nice. Some of them I've been using a whole bunch of stuff online and it's fun for me to look at them um, and how people use them in their dance rehearsals and stuff at schools and plays and things. Um, so I was very, very grateful if you are listening and you supported our old music. We really do appreciate it. It's currently actually off iTunes, which you might have noticed. So you can't support it, uh, but we're getting it all put back on again. That was literally just a mess up with the distributor because we had signed a license deal for five years, I think. And then that lapsed. So everything got took off. So now we're going to have to go independent and put all that stuff up um, ourselves, uh, which won't take long. So we will. You'll be able to get the old album again and all of the singles and some new stuff. Uh, well, sort of like B-sidey stuff that we might put up. But yeah, I've been working on an album for about five years. Um, we started working immediately after the last album when a band was together. And I realized we've never explained what happened for anyone who does care. And I know we have a very small amount of people who do care. So I'm going to explain right now. Um, basically, we finished the album. We put it out. Uh, it, we did it independently, which we fought to kind of do. And in retrospect, maybe it was a bad decision. Uh, it wasn't making as much money as we want, but music was just all turning digital, like fully at that point. And it was very hard to make money from album sales as it still is. Uh, you really make money through merchandise and licensing or doing big gigs or whatever. We weren't big enough to do big gigs. So really our money was going to come from licensing. Um, and it takes years for that stuff to trickle through until you're getting on all the adverts, you're getting, you know, played in TV stuff and movie stuff. And we do get played on a bunch of stuff, um, but the money's not great. And it mm. wasn't enough, particularly at the time, to sustain us. Uh, then one of our band members uh, actually had a death in their family, uh, which made us take a few months sabbatical. Um, and then I, had a, I met Gareth Edwards, the director of Monsters at the time, who very kindly sort of pushed me to try and get into film because that's what I'd always wanted to do and then I started making short films and then that kind of distracted me from music and I kept writing stuff and meaning to get back to it but then another one of our members went and had a second baby and then someone else moved somewhere else and like everything just splintered from that point you know mm. um, and I think partly it didn't help that the album didn't do as well as we wanted it to um, so yeah I kept writing and then we actually started recording I decided you know I want to put a second album we're not doing it for money now so we can write something truly how we want it to be done because we don't care about making any money. We don't expect to make money from it really. Um, and I had a name immediately like the week after the first album was out. I knew I wanted to make a second album called Dive Dark um, and it's still going to be called Dive Dark. Um, and it, yeah, we wrote a whole bunch of stuff. We rehearsed it for a while and then binned it all. Um, <laughs> and then I wrote new stuff and then we eventually went to studio about four years ago to start recording we rehearsed we hadn't been in this we realized we hadn't been in the same room together for about a year and a half the band um so we had like a day or two to get back into shape which is impossible wow. um but it went really well we developed like three songs together recorded them then i went away um and then to get very private i got divorced and it was a very tough time obviously and then my best friend died of cancer at that time and I was about to make my first feature film. So I rewrote and made this new feature film, which is Starfish, which is dealing with those things in a weird, indirect way. Um, and that changed everything I wanted then from the album. So then I started writing much more personal songs that were dealing with those things. So those three songs that we'd worked on with the full band ended up being binned, to be honest, because yeah. I was like, these aren't what I want to talk about anymore. Um, so I think I will release those in some form. It costs quite a lot to do the mixing that we like to do because we're very lucky. We still have Chenzo Townsend mixing our stuff. He's one of the UK's greatest mixers. He's done anyone you can imagine from Florence and the Machine, Snow Patrol, like 
block party everybody um he very kindly still does our stuff uh so hopefully i'll get that stuff out at some point that we're not releasing you know as part of the album but then it made me basically start again so then over three years basically i've been going into the studio each year i always extend an invite to all the guys in the band um which is pat jason and tom uh but everyone's in different places now jason lives in a different country uh pat's very busy but still living in the uk tom is at the moment living in a different country as well and i'm mostly in america so it's kind of hard to herald people together pat is drumming on a bunch of them jason is doing some guitar and some of the songs um and i think tom's still doing bass on almost everything that has bass in it i think he is on everything actually because uh, me and tom we started the band together way back in like 2003 or something um so he's yeah the oldest member of it um so yeah basically is coming and it's just taken us a while (laughs) and it actually got finished about a year ago and since then it's been being mixed very slowly um we had some hold-ups with that and then it's been mastered right now we're actually doing a weird mastering process where we've mastered it and then we're putting it to vinyl and then putting it back from vinyl to digital um to try and get some warmth into it it might fail and we go back to the previous master, <laughs> but we're going to see how that sounds. So we should actually have it finished within the next two weeks. Wow. Um, we've just finished filming the first music video, which is very weird and obtuse as well. Um, the first single is going to be called Vanishing. Then we have other singles called Love Alone. Uh, we've got one called Racehorse and we've got one called American Salt. Um, so yeah, we're going to do those four singles. We're going to do the album. We're going to try and... I think we're going to try and get it signed. And if we can't get the kind of deal that we like, then we'll just put it out. Because um, I just want to share it. And I want to move on to album three now. Because this is a chapter in my life I want to close. And I want to do album three quicker, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just to let people know why there's been a hold up and what's been going on. Because I know we don't talk at all really on our Twitters anymore. Um, or anything else. Uh, so this is the explanation. So there you go. Uh, it will definitely be out sometime this year for sure uh, but the singles will probably come out soon I think we'll release the singles independently and then try and get the album signed cool if you think that's a bad idea let us know <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know we're kind of making it up as we go along but I will say this I've made a lot of stuff in my life I've wasted a lot of my life making music and making films and making art I don't like almost anything I ever make um, which I think is true of many creative people mm. this is probably the thing I'm most proud of that I've ever made um in my life there's a lot of it i don't like still but there's at least 50 percent of this that i'm really quite proud of um and it's a much better album than the last album for sure i think a lot of people like the last album might hate this one (laughs) but i think it's a much better (laughs) album um and it's a lot more honest and intimate and grown up and warm Mm. and it's got a bit more of the national in there and a bit bit of radiohead in there it's less poppy for sure but i hope the people who supported us before will still find something to like and if you don't, I'm sorry. Um, but there you go. Yeah, the tracks I listen to are very good. Very, very good. Thank you. Really good. Thank you. No bias there at all. <laughs> anyway, that's what I want to talk about because I've realized I've never got to talk about that. So there you go. All right, Mr. Lee, can you take us through the cinema releases, the Blu-ray releases, the games? What can we spend our monies on? What can we go and see and have people sit with fast food wrappers next to us? Oh, goodness. Yeah, please don't do that. (laughs) Um, I'm going to butcher some of these names. I do apologize. So um, as you've already mentioned, uh, over in the US, we've got Isle of Dogs coming out, finally. Yeah, we talked about this last week, so we don't need to do the synopsis. That's fine. No, it's cool. Um, (laughs) Really interesting one, the next one. Rampage. (laughs) (laughs) Director uh, Brad Payton, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and is it Malin Ackerman? Why not? Yeah, why not? (laughs) 
Primatologist. That's they, not a thing. <laughs> is, is it primatologist or primatologist? It'd be primatologist. Primal, wouldn't it? Like primates. Yeah. It's a primatologist. Primatologist. It just it sounds wrong. It does sound wrong. It sounds a terrible. So does everything about this film. Every, well, it's got, it's got the rock in it. It can't be that bad. David Sequoia uh, shares an unshakable bond with George, the extraordinary, extraordinarily intelligent gorilla. Curious George. <laughs> it's not really cool, Curious George. <laughs> who has been in his care since birth. But a rogue genetic experiment gone awry transforms this gentle ape into a raging monster. Sorry, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? As these newly created monsters tear across North America, destroying everything in their path, okay, Okoye teams with a discredited genetic engineer to secure an antidote, fighting his way through an ever-changing battlefield, not only to... Hu- to halt a global catastrophe, but to save the fearsome creature that was once his friend. What the hell? <laughs> so, just to clarify, this is the director of San Andreas, which was also with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and was terrible, and similar just about city destruction. Um, based and on a computer based game, Based on a video though. game from, like, the Link Atari era. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. And they've, they've made no connection between the game, no. have they? There no point that they mentioned based on the classic video game where you climbed little buildings and punched windows. it was never a classic, was it? It was just the kind of... It was pretty big at the time. Was well, it on Game Gear as well or was it just a Link? It was an arcade game to begin with, I think. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, not like, it's not like everyone's like, oh my God, yeah, Rampage. No, oh, <laughs> it's not something people are still talking that. about. But it was pretty big at the time. It must have been very cheap to buy this license. Mm. For yeah. Sure. Why bother buying a license though? If you want to make a monster know. film, just make a bloody monster yeah. film. Good point. I don't know. And the trailer just looks absolutely terrible. But not even in a fun way. It just looks... Do you think it looks fun? <laughs> You're excited? Well, Negan's in it, so, uh, you know. Yes. I have a... Uh, you know. But, yeah. It, the dialogue's pretty bad pretty from, bad. you know, what I can tell from the trailers. It doesn't look like it's either... I like, it doesn't look like it's having either enough fun with it or mm-hmm. doing enough serious with it. It's like, it's yeah. having fun with it for sure, but not enough. Yeah. It's like, go sillier then, you know. It looks a bit too po-faced. Um, what was the what's the line in the trailer where it's like you can you can deal with things without hitting people? Yeah, that's not as fun. Yeah, it's and not as fun. Like, oh, oh, and then just like you know when the bat thing or what the wolf thing has wings. Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. It, of course, of course it has wings. And then that's the marketing now. It's like that quote. Of course it has wings. Like that's a good bit of dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this looks yeah terrible and a really bad write up. So again, when we do these, we we put the write ups <clears> that the companies are allowing IMDb to keep as their main write up on the film. Right. So that was written by someone anonymous, obviously. It's way too long for a company write up. Yeah. But the company hasn't cared enough to go into an IMDb and write their own write up on there. So, <laughs> what are you going to do? I just find like, how can anyone look at a synopsis of that film and go, that's a brilliant idea? Let's green light that. <laughs> yeah, let's make that. <laughs> the hundreds of millions this will cost. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Uh, oh, who knows? Anyway, what do we know? It's, gonna, it's probably going to be like the best, you know, <laughs> yeah, grossing film of all time. <laughs> yeah. Which actually, we should just mention. We just learned has now um, become the third biggest film of all time. I think it is. It's beat Titanic as of today. So third, wow, third. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Mm. Um, and I think that I, I don't know how that works. It can't be in posterity, obviously. I think it's in 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 box office mm-hmm. earnings in its first run or something right. like that. Because yeah. obviously Titanic by now must have made more money. But um, yeah, incredible, crazy. Wow, cool. Next film: Truth or Dare. Uh, directed by Jeff Wadlow, starring Lucy Hale, Tyler Posey, Violet Bean. A harmless game of truth or dare among friends turns deadly when someone or something <laughs> begins to punish those who tell all, i.e. all. Hang on. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, can, I just, can I just say, Al has uh, copied and pasted these in a very interesting way. 
Sometimes in my speed of writing them up, a space is put in the wrong place. No, you're doing it to trip me up on purpose. It's absolutely fine. On my screen, it says it correctly. Actor for hire. Actor for hire. Uh, <laughs> to punish those who refuse to tell all, or tell a lie. Refuse to, uh, refuse to tell a, a lie or refuse to dare. <laughs> it's truth or dare, and someone kills you if you don't do it, basically. That's a synopsis. So we were confused with this because, yeah, our friend who's... Uh, on the podcast on Friday through the Romero Living Dead, Christina Masterson, and she was on a Star Wars podcast. She is in a film called Truth There as well that just came out late last year or beginning of this it was late last Halloween or something. Was, was it, it on sci fi? I think I might have made that on sci fi, um, or at least initially on sci fi. Yes, yeah. Um, and you were like, oh, there's another film called Truth mm-hmm. There. I was like, is this the one that Christina was in? No, this was actually Blumhouse. Um, but there are quite a few films called Truthful Dare right. if you look them up and quite a yeah. few horror films that are quite recent so it's a weird title to keep mm. going all with a very similar premise yeah this <laughs> looks fucking terrible this looks really bad I would see Rampage over this I like, keep seeing um, bits of an, uh, bits of the advert on Instagram stories mm. so you skip through and all of a sudden there's these people with really massive mouths mm-hmm. and eyes mm-hmm. and it's very just doesn't oh, really work yeah, it looks no. so rote and just but it's the director of Kick-Ass 2 which is alright oh but he yeah. also directed Cry Wolf, which was actually a really good spin on the slasher films at the right. end of the 90s slasher films in so like 2002 or something. Um, so he's done some good stuff. But... <sighs> mm. I mean, me and Haruka were going to see quite a lot of horror films at the cinema. Mm-hmm. We haven't even mentioned this one. No. <laughs> you're not angry, Al. You're just disappointed. 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 <laughs> uh, Truth of Dare is also coming out, I believe, in the UK this week, as is Rampage. Great. <laughs> go and see both of those that will be fun feel free to eat your fast food very loudly in those films yes ah right <laughs> I read this as The Borg versus McEnroe which is a very the very Borg. which is a very different film Borg versus McEnroe uh, director Janus Janus Metz uh, and starring Sferia good, good Nason good night son there we go Shia LaBeouf Stellan Skarsgård uh, the story of the 1980s tennis rivalry between the placid Bjorn Borg and the volatile John McEnroe. Uh, this came out in the UK last year. It's actually on my top 20 films of last year list, which you can see at the moment only on moviemurmurs.com. Um, How is I Shia really, LaBeouf? really like this film. Shia LaBeouf is really good in it. Oh, um, cool. The two of them, it's extraordinary. They both look very, very, very similar to the real-life characters that they're Brilliant. playing. Um, but... They're both fantastic actors as well. It's shot very stylishly. It's mm-hmm. really, it's one of my favorite sports movies I've seen in a long time. It's not quite like, it's not phenomenal, but it's really, really, really good. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I have to admit, I'm a tennis fan, but I watched it uh, with Katie, who's not a tennis fan, and she mm. really enjoyed it as well. Um, I still think my idea of Macro versus the Borg would be more <laughs> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> There's loads of weird stuff in here, though, which is just fascinating to do with, like, how they would train and the weird stuff they do. Like, every night when um, when Borg would go to sleep before matches, he turns, like, his hotel room down to this, like, crazy, crazy cold degrees so that right. it slows down his heartbeat so that he's more peaceful the next day when he goes into the match. Oh, so, amazing. Um, there's just loads of weird, like, yeah, sort of ritualistic stuff yeah. that they do. Um, but it's really powerful. It's really cool amazing like i don't know how and the you know in sports films it's always like well how are they going to replicate a match that existed in real life yeah with like incredible athletes in film they fucking do it in this like so much that there's a huge chunk of the film is the match that the film's all about <laughs> and it's shot exquisitely and you believe every inch of it like yeah. you believe yeah. every inch of it is like yeah this is the real deal like it's very impressive nice next one 10 by 10 directed by Susie 
Ewing, starring Luke Evans, Kelly Riley, and Noel Clark. Lewis is an outwardly ordinary guy, but in reality, he's hiding an obsession, revenge against Kathy. <laughs> Lewis kidnaps Kathy in broad daylight and takes her to his home, where he locks her in a soundproof cell and attempts to extract a dark secret from her past in a world. <laughs> Just trying to, you know, line it up a bit. I don't know anything about this film, but um, it's it's quite high on people's ratings for interaction. Like people are talking about it quite a bit. Oh, great! Um, and uh, I'm just watching the trailer now. I'm mute. It looks functional. Functional. <laughs> and I, it could be good. <laughs> could be good. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, actually, it looks kind of good. Yeah, I'm convinced. <laughs> In mute. <laughs> this film could be good. Who knows? Uh, what Blu-rays are coming out? Blu-rays in the US we have Phantom Thread, Molly's Hooray! Game, and Hooray! Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay in 4K. Whoop Suicide whoop. Squad is another DC animated movie. This one's like adult rated, I think. So there's like I think there's violence and sexy time in this one. I haven't seen this one yet. Um, Molly's Game is really, really good. Mm. Highly recommend it. Um, very good true story about a lady who was brought up to be a skier and then had an accident, so she couldn't be. And then she moved to LA and she opens a gambling ring to all of the Hollywood cool successful famous people and it's written and directed the first directed film by aaron sorkin mm-hmm. um, who created the west wing and newsroom and social network he wrote and stuff like that it, it's not the best directed but the script is so good and the acting is so good it's a great film yeah mm-hmm. and phantom thread was my second favorite film of last year nice um can't recommend it enough but if you if you have 4k or you've got an xbox one x or even xbox one s i think uh wait because in a couple of weeks, it'll be coming out in 4K. This is just a Blu-ray release right now. And it is a beautiful film. Mm. So it was shot on 65 millimeter, I think. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think it was 70. I'm not sure. But anyway, very beautiful film. Worth waiting for the 4K. Nice. Uh, UK Blu-ray releases. We've got The Last Jedi in 4K mm. and The Disaster Artist. Another great film. Very funny. Very funny. Yeah. Love it. Game releases, we've got Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, which is finally coming out on the Xbox, being on the PlayStation 4, and <laughs> the next game, which is uh, certainly going on my Switch list, Burly Men at Sea. <laughs> Burly, okay, so... <laughs> Please explain what this Burly is. Burly Men at Sea is a great, great, great iPhone game, or... Uh, right. I don't know if it's on Android or not, but it's iPad, iPhone game, really stylish, funny, charming, uh, really cool game. There aren't many mobile games that I like, and Burly Men at Sea is a really good one, and I think it's a good fit for Switch. Brilliant. Uh, Hellblade is one of the most interesting psychological breakdown games or experiences I've ever seen. Like, really, really great, really beautiful. Um, really gets into the mind of a schizophrenic very, very well. Right. Um, has some unfortunate puzzle elements in it that I don't think work. But yeah, was an exclusive on PlayStation now. Xbox One this week. Good it's stuff. Exciting. Whoop, whoop. Haruka whoop. is over the moon. <laughs> oh, yes. So excited. Hard to contain. Mm-hmm. I'm shaking. From excitement. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the cold and that's why you put your jacket on. Is it cold in here? A little bit. It's yeah. a little bit cold. It's a bit is nippy. It? I'm like Borg. I've got to keep my heart very... I am mm. the Borg. Nice and slow. I think you're muddling up your Star Trek. <laughs> with you. So what are the top 20 films that are in at the box offices? Hey, are you ready? Ready. We used to do a guessing game. I don't know if you guys remember that. But oh, we used yeah. to do something with the top three. Like you'd, you'd predict what you think next week's top three was going to be. Um, and we haven't done that in a long, long time. But we could bring it back. What have we got coming I've up? already had a look, so... <laughs> no, no, no. But what next week is going to be, I mean. Oh, uh, okay. Because next week we've got Rampage and uh, what was the other films we just said were coming out? Truth or Dare. Is there anything else uh, big? 10, 10 by 10. Yeah, it's not going to be big, is it? No. 
nothing nothing big that we rampages we the went through big film probably true yeah film, maybe mm. i well, can't i can't see rampage going to the top though really mm. you don't think oh i'll get on the top 10 for sure no but i mean to the top as in no the, as in the numero uno no in the top three you don't think Maybe. Fuck maybe, it. We maybe three. Maybe then. three. No, number 20 is The Legislator as of last week. I don't know what that is. Number 19 is Peter Rabbit. Number 18 is The Death of Stalin. Number 17 is Game Night, which I've seen. It was all right. Number 16 is God's Not Dead, colon, A Light in Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> number 15, Paul, Apostle of Christ. Wow. Double bill of Jesus films. It and was, it was um, Easter. That's true. Blame it on Easter. <laughs> number 14, Tomb Raider. Right down to number 14 already. Oh. Number 13, Love, Simon. Number 12, A Wrinkle in Time. Number 11, we have a new release with the Miracle Season. Number 10, we've got Isle of Dogs. Number 9, we've got Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, number 8, we've got Sherlock and Gnomes. Number 7, we've got another new release with Chappaquiddick. Number 6, we have I Can Only Imagine. At number five, we've got Tyler Perry's Acrimony. And number four, Black Panther. Still fucking holding in there. Oh. Uh, number three, a new release with Blockers, which looks really bad. Um, and the top two films this week, at number two, shockingly, is Ready Player One. At number two, uh, which made 24 and a half million over the weekend. At number one is A Quiet Place with $50 million. Wow. Double. Ready Player One. I mean, Ready Player One's been out for two weeks, but it's only right. the second week for Ready Player One. It's yeah. already down for 24. That is yeah. shocking. Uh, and so for a quiet place to literally double the money in its first week over Ready Player One's second week, is pretty impressive. Wow. And on a budget of 17 as mm-hmm. well to be mm-hmm. making that in its first weekend. It's incredible. Yeah. So just a perspective with that, Ready Player One has made 96 and a half million overall so far. Mm. I don't know if it's hit China markets yet, though, because that's a film that'll do well. Um. In China, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, but still, bit of a gamble. You're going to be hoping if your <laughs> producers for a movie that expensive, what's mm. going to happen with it? With something like A Quiet Place, not really any big stars. Emily Blunt's the biggest one, probably mm. and internationally, anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's not that big. She's yeah. not going to open a movie, um, and not a premise is that big either. So horror, it's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had one other thing to say, and I've forgotten it. God damn it all. So we're done. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was it? I had something. Do you want to think harder? Mm. Mm. Do you want us think, to shake Al. you? Think. This is good audio for everybody. Think. I don't know. I'll bring it up next week if I remember it. I feel like it was important. Um, but probably not. My brain's all mushy. Um, yeah, speaking of horror, do tune in on this Friday. We have the Hellraiser wrap-up for you. If you don't know, our wrap-ups are episodes where you don't have to listen to any of our previous ones. If you don't want to hear every single film, why wouldn't you? Two and a half hours talking about each Hellraiser movie? <laughs> Come on. Uh, if you don't want to listen to those, you can just listen to the wrap-up and we will take you through all of the films very briefly and we go through a list about the films and all that fun stuff. Um, and then next Friday, we'll be starting our new journey with Romero's Living Dead, starting with Night of the Living Dead, the oldest film we've covered yet in our retrospectives. Brains. Yes. <laughs> I'll explain. Dish I've explained brains. once before in a regular show, but I'll explain Night of the Living Dead 1, I think, where Brains comes from. Because it is connected to this movie, but not Ooh. in this movie. Interesting. Um, yeah, because it's a cultural... There's a lot of stuff from Night of the Living Dead that stemmed from it into a popular culture. Mm. What else can you do? Uh, you can follow me on all the social medias, Mr. Al White. And if you want to sail the seas as a little pirate, then I'm Mr. Al White on the Xboxes. Also playing some Friday 13th. 
and I probably won't let you in my Far Cry game because you'll pet my bear too much. But well, you can try. That was not a euphemism. No, no, I'm just... I, yeah, um, I, was, I was holding back from that. Come pet my bear. I didn't say pet my cougar. So. Oh. <laughs> peaches. Come pet, pet my, my peaches. peaches. <laughs> uh, Lee. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lee Comley ITV. I'm on Instagram at uh, Lee Comley. And that's it. I'm not telling you my game attack. You can also catch you on the TVs if you... You can if you're based in the Midlands and you're bored on a Saturday or Sunday. You can catch me on the telly box. I'm reading the news locally. Quite often. Uh, in the Midlands and bored. Because <laughs> there's nothing to do in the nothing. Midlands. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you are thankfully reporting to us what's going on up there because like we keep saying, nobody checks. Well, so. I said to you earlier when we got our first Starbucks. Yes. And you believed it. For a split second, I believed Well, yeah. I turned around and said, no. <laughs> no. no. In a kind of, I'm accepting of this information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds plausible. Yeah. Um, Haruka. Um, I'm Ruka.Haruka on Instagram and Haruka.Abe on Twitter. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Do you do much tweeting? I stopped for a while, but I've restarted recently. So Good yeah, job. Good job. It. Well done. It's all about um, that self-promotion. Exactly. Oh, yeah. mm. Hashtag kiss me first if you're <laughs> watching the show. Which Does that, is, that gonna, is the name going to be important in the show? I don't, that's all I want to ask. I don't know if I'm allowed to say or not. All right. Um, Where's the emphasis? I need to know. Kiss me first. Kiss me first. Or kiss, kiss me, me first. first. I think it's open to... It's on the full stop. You know, kiss right. Me first. Kiss me first. We'll be back next Tuesday. <laughs> well, we won't because uh, we're every other weekend. But I think we'll be back next Tuesday because we've got, we've got, you know, I've got the time. Um, <laughs> oh, I suddenly had to cough. Until then, we're out. Geeks. 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 Bye. Oh, man. That was a good time for a cough to come. <laughs>